What is up, Next Level fam? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Health Explained. I'm your host, Alexis Smith, and today we'll be talking about contagiousness. I have Next Level Associate Medical Director, Dr. Christine Wan, with me today. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Wan. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. So today we're talking about the subject of contagiousness, which is a very hot topic now with CDC guidelines having recently changed surrounding COVID-19 isolation. Um, Dr. Wan, let's just start with a simple question of, um, and it's probably doesn't have a simple answer, but how do you know if you're contagious? Well, I mean, anytime that you have a symptom that's distracting you or causing you to go get Kleenexes or go to the bathroom. Um, you're still contagious. Um, if you have fever, if you need to go blow your nose or you're coughing up stuff, if you have to run off to the bathroom, certainly that means that the viruses or bacteria are still shedding off your body. Got it. So when we talk about COVID, um, there's obviously a lot of concern that people can still spread the virus when they don't have symptoms, the asymptomatic folk, um, how would we be able to tell if they're contagious? Is there a clear-cut way, or do they have to go get tested? Um, Well, if they don't have symptoms, and let's say they test positive for COVID, the CDC does recommend a time period where they stay in quarantine. And they've picked a number of a quarantine period of 14 days for the no symptoms, positive people, to give that person that time to either develop symptoms or to make sure they're not contagious. So that's kind of the most conservative time frame. It sounds like a long time, but that's the, as far as the, those people that don't have symptoms. Right. Is that timeline kind of the same for every virus? Is there this cutoff date for contagiousness? Well, I think we, we can pick somewhere. Most viruses last somewhere between three days to 14 days. And you could pick a number somewhere in between. So I think they've just picked that one as the most conservative. Now, it's a different story if you're sick and actually have the symptoms, then they recommend the 10 days to be at home while you're sick. Now, certainly if after the 10 days you still have symptoms, you're still coughing, you're still having diarrhea, you're still having fever, certainly you want to check in with your doctor um, to see what's going on. Cause you could have like a second infection or this first one is just running on and on. Right. So once you've determined that you do have a virus, do you need to keep retesting until you get a negative test before returning to work or school or just everyday life? Um, we really don't recommend that. Um, you really should be looking at your symptoms and then following the guidelines as far as how long you should be out recommended to you by your doctor, who's hopefully following the CDC guidelines, because um, testing doesn't really mean you're not contagious. Like some people, for example, we've done research and the COVID virus can be detected even like dead pieces up to three months after you're sick. And it doesn't mean you're contagious. It just means the test is super sensitive and can still pick up like a little piece of it. Um, other illnesses, for example, like the flu, we typically never tested people to tell them to go back to work or school. We just said, well, once you don't have fever for 24 hours and, you know, you feel much better, then you should be fine to go back to work or school. Right. Well, let's talk about testing. If I 
go and get a rapid test for strep or flu or COVID, can I assume that my result is accurate? Um, or if I am having symptoms still and I didn't get a positive result for any of those, do I need to go retest um, or do I just start quarantining then and there? Yeah, those are good questions, Alexis. We've had some patients just in shock, I guess, at the result of the tests we give them. And yeah. in general, the rapid tests are very accurate, especially if they're positive. Um, so there's really no reason to keep testing if, if you get that positive test. Now, a negative test, um, we might consider testing or doing other tests, if, especially if we're really suspicious someone has it or if their symptoms really kind of suggest that. So that may be some a discussion certainly to have with your doctor or healthcare provider I don't think people should be running around town testing over and over again when they should be at home in isolation taking care of their bodies. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you are in isolation and um, your symptoms are completely gone, whether you have COVID or flu or otherwise, um, what are your typical guidelines? Like once I haven't had a fever um, for for how much time or once I haven't had a cough or a runny nose or something like that, at what point would I be able to return to work? Right. So in general, it's 24 hours without a fever okay. and that you don't have any uncontrolled bodily fluids. That's how I think about it, that, yeah. that you should be good. Yeah. And then other than COVID where we have the, the specific 10 days if you're sick kind of guideline that we have. Okay. So when you talk about bodily fluids, uh, I want to just throw in allergies because we are in um, Texas. Typically, the allergy season can mm -hmm. be pretty mm -hmm. bad for some people. Um, so, so how do I decide when my headache and my sniffles and like my runny nose and watery eyes, how do I know when they're contagious or, or just simple allergies? Right. So typically allergies, there's might be a trigger. Like let's say you're allergic to cats you go to someone's house, there's a cat, you have an exposure, you immediately get your runny nose and sneezing. And then once you're away from the cat, then your symptoms improve. And most people don't feel ill generally with allergies. They just kind of have a, a reaction. Um, the things that point to that it might not be just allergies and that you might be sick would be things like fever, or if the symptoms don't really have an obvious trigger, like whether it's a cat or, or grass, you know, someone mowing the lawn or something like that. Um, headache in particular is pretty challenging. I would probably first thing to do would be check a temperature and see if your temperature is normal and then see if there's other symptoms that develop specifically, like either your ear hurts or you have a sore throat or your body's achy and you really don't have any other explanation for why your body might be achy. For our school nurses or um, employers potentially who are kind of looking towards uh, medical professionals for advice and, and what to tell their staff and their students, um, what would you recommend as, as a general guideline for them as far as when to let people come back after being sick um, or, yeah. or isolation or, or quarantine guidelines? Right. So there's just a lot of information out there, and it can, can get very confusing. Um, I think for those people, the CDC does have employer recommendations um, that they can look up on the CDC website um, that are useful to use. And I think that's the hard part is you don't want to let someone come back that's contagious or that's still sick while balancing the need to have your employees at work and, and doing things. 
Um, there's unfortunately been situations where people thought, oh, they got a negative test and they came back to work sooner than the recommended 10 to 14 days. And then the, the whole department ended up getting sick. So we really, really want to avoid <laughs> those situations. Um, and so I think employers, school nurses can certainly use the CDC guidelines or Perhaps they might have a, a physician or a medical professional that's associated with their business, or they can reach out to a, a place like Next Level Urgent Care and, and certainly get guidance that way. Got it. And then what about in the cases where you have a direct exposure or we know that a student came to school and then tested positive after that? Um, should those schools or um, or if it's the case of an employee in um, in a business, should they require everyone with direct contact to go get tested and wait for a negative test before returning? Or do they need to all go home for a couple of days and then take that test and return then? Yeah, that, that can be a complicated situation. And, and people sometimes make their decisions based on fear because they don't know what they're dealing with. Hopefully at this point in the pandemic, um, probably most of us has, have dealt with things like that. So I think the first thing to do is make sure that that person does have COVID because sometimes the test results are still pending. And so we don't really know whether it's an exposure or not. Um, and so the other thing is to consider what's the best timing to take a test. Now, if you're not sick, like you don't have a cough or fever or anything, in general, we recommend at least five days after the exposure to that person um, to take the test. Because if you test too early, then you might get a false negative. And so we, we generally recommend around five days to test then. Um, and then we still, based on the test result, even if it's negative, we recommend the, the people that were exposed to stay away from school or work 14 days, basically to monitor for any symptoms that might develop. Because um, if they get sicker, it could be that first test wasn't right and we need to, to look at them again. Um, so it's really important for those people that to determine, like, is it truly an exposure? Were, were you really with that positive person in a, you know, less than six feet environment um, for more than 15 minutes? Um, another good example is like, usually if you're living with someone, like your household has someone that has a positive COVID person, then those patients, I generally tell them whether we test them or not to basically assume that they have have it or have exposure and they're going to stay home quite a long time because they're going to be continuously exposed to that positive person. Fair. So once you have been positive for COVID-19 or even for another virus, is it true that you have at least three months of immunity? Um, can we assume that for every virus? Well, I think um, that is our hope that that might be true. We, we're still getting a lot of data since this is a new virus. Um, we still recommend those people continue to mask and, you know, do all the uh, proper protective things that we do um, and that they still should get the vaccine if they're someone that's qualified to do that. Um, the immunity may even last longer, like, for example, some other viruses uh, like chickenpox um, that we generally get as a kid. We have immunity for a long time because our body builds protection, builds antibodies or soldiers to fight that virus, and it keeps the virus kind of asleep or in check. And most people don't ever get chickenpox again. As we get older, however, some of those soldiers die off, and some people do get that virus again, but in the form of shingles, which is just like one part of the body where you get a rash. 
um, usually older people like 65 and older. Um, so viruses are very interesting. Some people may never get something again, and some people may have kind of a recurrent issue. And, and if that's so, uh, we as doctors will look for reasons why like the immune system can't keep it calm. Fair. Well, thank you so much for educating us on all things uh, contagiousness. Is there anything that you would like to add um, before we wrap this topic up? Um, I think really bottom line is that hopefully everyone that is either sick or has exposure has a good um, physician or medical professional they can talk to um, to get information that's correct. Yeah. Well, I do want to just kind of let all of our audience know that you do have your own podcast and you um, touch on various health topics. Is it weekly that you do this or monthly? Um, I try to do it somewhat regularly. <laughs> the pandemic has actually interrupted my my regularly scheduled programming, but I'm yeah, trying to get on top as of it, it again. Many. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what's so, your podcast called? It's called Juan MD, and you can find it on either Apple or Spotify. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us, Dr. Juan. We really appreciate you, and uh, thanks for being on Health Explained. You're welcome. Thank you, Alexis.